0: Grace and peace. Good evening to all. Great to see each and every one of us here in this moment. When the roll is called up on yonder, I'll be there. Amen. Great song. Gets us fired up. Helps us to think about eternity and the reason that we serve our great Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and look forward to that day when He's going to call us home. You know, we have a great God. We have an awesome God. This morning, we talked a little bit about. Jesus talking about, hey, I'm going to die, the, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of Man, going to die, be buried, and then on the third day, he will rise again. Helped us to think about this morning, uh, about that that opportunity. And then this evening, I want us to think about, why Jesus? Why choose Jesus? Why follow Jesus? If Jesus says, deny your cross and follow me, why? What has he done for us? What, who is he? Who does the Bible says he is? What does God say the Father say about his son? And why should we have encouragement? And why should we have confidence that when we die we will be with the Lord if we follow this Jesus? And for sure we can tell and understand that many of those in the Old Testament and the prophets were looking for this Messiah. We're looking for the Christ. Second, first Peter chapter 1 says that they search with the most greatest care to find out the times and circumstances when the Messiah would come, when the suffering come, and then the joy that would follow. And it says that y'all, we've been privileged to hear that through those who have preached the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We understand and we know by the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Savior. And we want to look to him and we want to base our faith on him each and every day. Now it's kind of interesting, a lot of times when we look at stories in the Old Testament, we see when God opened the the water for Moses, right, in the Red Sea, and we saw how God worked at that time, and we see how God works in many other times in the Old Testament. And we always ask the question, even when the time when we read the Bible, people saw the miracles of Jesus and the things he did, and we still ask the question, how could people live and see such things and then forget about them, right? And forget about his glory, and forget about all that God was doing. And so the Hebrew writer is going to be writing, and he's going to say, "You know what? You've got a great and awesome God." There's this man called Jesus, and, it's, and you can see lots of times in Hebrews it says a lot of themes that they talk about. Hebrews is that Jesus Christ is supreme in all area. He is the high priest. He is king of kings, lord of lords, he is savior, he is lord. He is all of these things. He is the sacrifice for our sins. And all of these different things that he's telling us because the Hebrew writer wants to help us to carry on, to do the things that God wants us to do. To not be still, to not just say, well, I've got enough. No, I want to grow. I want to be more like Christ. I want to see him for who he is. Tim did a lot of great lessons on Hebrews when we were in Brazil. Because I translated for them, okay? And they were good lessons, okay? I promise you that. And they were really good, but it talks about that struggle, talk about that call for us to not ignore that great salvation that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want us to look at tonight in a passage in Hebrews chapter 9 for us just to look a little bit tonight of who this Jesus is. Okay, when we get to Hebrews 9, he's already talked about Jesus being the priest in the order of Melchizedek and the high priest and all of those things and We're not going to get into all of that part this evening, in this preaching, in this moment. But I want us to know that at that time, the old system wasn't going to work. The law of Moses, when you break it, it couldn't work. And so Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. But he also came under another system, a priestly system that was not of the priest of Levi in the order of Melchizedek. Now we understand that Jesus is coming and he's saying that all of those things in the Old Testament, all of those things there represented and symbolized who Jesus is and who he is, all of those sacrifices, all of those different kinds of illustrations, examples, the reality of them, as the Colossians says, are in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we look at the Old Testament, we want to say, how is that pointing to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, as he's going to say in Hebrews chapter 12? And here in Hebrews chapter 9, the Hebrew writers are going to tell us, this is who Jesus is. Look what it says here, first of all, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. It says, for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands. That was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven himself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 says, Jesus appears for us in God's presence. Amen. Not a temple here on this earth. But Jesus entered heaven itself, and he's there for one reason, because he was obedient, yes, but he's there to welcome us. Look what it says, Jesus appears for us in God's presence. Can you imagine that day when we go to be with our Savior for eternity? Can you imagine the day when Jesus, when God calls us home, and he says that he is going to appear for us in God's presence? When people, when God sees us, the Father, they're going to see His Son Jesus, and we'll live with in eternity together, together. But look what it says about this Jesus. I want us to think about who this Jesus is. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. When it talks about this Jesus that is up in heaven that is going to appear for us in God's presence. It says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My dear children, I write to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And Jesus is our advocate. He's our lawyer. He speaks on our behalf. Amen. He speaks on our behalf. Imagine getting before God and trying to say, well, this is why I should be good enough to get into heaven. I'm not good enough. And all the good that I thought I was, I'm not really. Because God will be able able to judge the motives and hearts of each and every man. And if I need to go into God's presence without Jesus, I will not be able to make it. I will not be found worthy. But Jesus, our advocate, will speak on my behalf as the lawyer, going to the judge. And imagine the great and awesome thought that we have, that we have a Savior who is willing, a Savior who is justified, a Savior who says, hey, God, I died for that man. Let me take his place. Let me take his punishment and allow him to live with you forever. We have an advocate who understands who we are. As we said earlier this morning in Hebrews chapter 2, man, God, he understands us. He knows who we are. He's passed through the things that we passed. He's able to speak on our behalf because he's been in our shoes. He's been here in this world. He was tempted with sin, yet did not sin, but he felt the pressures of it. Jesus is our advocate. He's going to speak on my behalf and your behalf, Ronald. Amen. When we decide that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When we decide that, yes, he is the Messiah that died and was buried and raised on the third day, that we may be raised with him also. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. It is only through Jesus that we can get to God the Father. It is only through Jesus that we will have somebody speak on our behalf. Nobody else will be able to speak in my half. On my house. Not the Papa, not Buddha, nobody, only Jesus to get to the Father. And whoa, an awesome day that's going to be when our advocate, you know what? He paid the price with his blood to say, I want to be your advocate. I want to speak on your behalf. Do you know how many advocates are really willing, waiting to, ready and willing to do that? Give their sweat, give their blood. Jesus did. Jesus is not only our advocate, but he's our mediator, which is almost the same thing. But as it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all people. There is no other mediator. There is no other way. It is only through Jesus. And I love this verse because one time I was reading in some book, and I cannot remember the name of the book, unfortunately. But when I was reading, when I was talking about this verse for one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, the idea that God is up here and we are down here and who's going to help us reconcile to God? Who's helping us get to God? Who's going to speak on our behalf and who's going to reconcile us? Who's going to present us to God? And Jesus is going to take our hand, grab us, Lord God, here's my brother. Hebrews chapter 2 says he's not ashamed to call us his brothers. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2. The Son of God is going to present us to the Father. He's the mediator, the one who has reconciled us, who has brought us back together, not by my good works, not by my deeds, but by my faith in Christ Jesus our Lord And wanting to obey him. Just as Jesus said, take up your cross. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Follow me. Jesus wants to take us home. He's the mediator. But not only that, can you imagine that idea of him being the mediator. Welcoming us to God the Father. But imagine this also. Imagine Stephen. Remember Stephen. Who preached that sermon. And talked to the Jews and talked to the men about who this Jesus was. And he talked about this Jesus, this Christ who rose, who died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. And as he continued speaking to them, they didn't like what he was saying. They didn't want to hear what he had to say. And so they began stoning him. And we all know and we have understood already. We already know what Stephen says at the end. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. But I want us to think about what was going on when that was happening, when that was going to happen to him. Look what it says in Acts chapter 7, verse 55 and 56. Look what's happened, happening in this moment in Jesus' life, in Stephen's life, right when he's getting ready to be stoned. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Can you imagine Jesus being our heavenly host? Man, Lord God, on that day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus is going to raise up, sit up from where he is and welcome us in to our heavenly home where he is with his father. What a great and awesome feeling to know that Jesus is there looking over us in our hard times. Imagine Stephen getting ready to be stoned. Where was Jesus? He was there. And he saw him and he said, that's where I'm going. Well, we have a Jesus that deserves all Glory and honor. Amen. We have a Jesus who has given his all so that we may have eternal life. We have this Jesus in Hebrews, as the Hebrew writer says, that is our advocate. A Jesus that is our mediator. And a Jesus that is our heavenly host. For sure, Jesus appears for us in God's presence. In heaven itself, where we will be with him for eternity. That's a great and awesome thought for us to grab a hold of. To know that it's worth it. But that Jesus has cleared the way through his sacrifice through his obedience, for us to have the opportunity for eternal life. For he died for all, but for all of those who accepted, had this opportunity to be with him in eternity. Look what it says here in Hebrews chapter 9, talking in verse 25 about this as well. As we continue looking through here, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 25 through 27 says this. Nor did he enter into heaven, nor did he, nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again. The way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Look what it says. Jesus did away with our sin by his sacrifice once and for all. Amen. He did it. He succeeded. Death has no victory over Jesus. Jesus raised on the third day. Jesus is therefore is appearing on the, uh, with, by God. Jesus did away with sin by his sacrifice, as the verses say. And as we read Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, we talk about all of the sins being laid upon him as a sheep before the slaughtered. And God says, you know what? He's going to obey and he's going to do it all. And then in Isaiah 53 verse 12, it says, therefore, I will give him a portion talking about Jesus among the great. And he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus doesn't have to come and do it again. He did it. The priests and their system at that time, the law of Moses, they had to go every year to do a sin offering, once for themselves and then once for the people. None of them were good enough ever to do what they needed to do. Every year had to do it. Imagine going through it every single year. And he says that this Jesus came, and he gave his life, and he sacrificed, and that one time was sufficient. That one time was all sufficient to do away with sin, to take away all the sin of this world because of one righteous man in his life and one righteous God, son of God, Jesus, the son of God. But look what it says here. Why did he have to come? Why did he have to sin? Why did he have to bear it? Hebrews 2 chapter 2 verse 14 says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is The devil. Jesus broke the power of death. Man, what a great and awesome thought to know that Jesus did away with sin by his sacrifice on the cross. And opened the way for us to be able to have eternal life. Eternal life that starts now while we're still living and continues for eternity. And we, he says that I come that you may have life and have life in abundance. Jesus wants us to remember that I'm so sufficient. I am totally sufficient, all sufficient for all of your needs. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is, as he says in his word, the way, the truth, and the life. As it says here in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. You know what? That verse is so powerful. Even more so now, because we understand death once, then judgment. What does that mean? All these religions... Reincarnation, not going to happen. Oh, the Spirit goes and does this and that, and it's, everybody's okay. Not going to happen. Die once, then face judgment. Blessed are those who don't su- suffer the second death. Amen. Blessed are those who do not suffer the second death. I don't want to be separated from God for eternity. Don't let... The religions of this world, with all their so-called knowledge, draw you away from the one who is all-sufficient, all-knowing, all-powerful. Jesus is going to appear for us in God's presence. Jesus did away with sin by a sacrifice. And you know what? Jesus is coming back, amen? Coming back to take his own. We've seen uh, verse 28 says, oh, I wanna, before I get to verse 28, 927, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Why is that even more important to me? Some of you have gone to Brazil, have met Brother Josue, okay? Know that he loves God, preaches, and his faith in God tremendous. He's been a, somebody that you know. Well, I mean, a great friend, great brother in Christ for many years. But his father, Jair was already married to his, his mother, Cleonice at the time. His father was spiritist, believing in new age kind of things, believing in reincarnation. But when he started reading the word of God, he read that verse, he says, men are destined to die once, and then judgment. He said, there's something to this. And Joseph Wei wouldn't be in the faith today if Jair hadn't saw that, heard the truth of God's word, and obeyed the gospel. Brothers and sisters, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing to know that God is real, sin is real, and if we don't confess and if we don't repent and we don't in- obey the gospel and we don't give our lives to the Lord, we are lost. If we don't believe and take Jesus at his word. God says here for us, here in these verses here, I died for you, I died for all men. Don't look after other things. Don't go after other, other religions. Stay with Jesus. Stay with his word. It's powerful. The word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. But look what he says here in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Wow. Is it worth it to follow Jesus? Yes. Yes. Those brothers and sisters in Christ, as Tim has talked about in Thessalonians many times also, first Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16 through 18. So beautiful says this for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds of the Lord in the air, to, meet the, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Amen. Jesus is coming back. And he's going to take us home. And we're going to be with him. And don't worry. If you've died, if our loved ones have died and they are in Jesus Christ, they are going to be there in heaven. Paul is encouraging the brothers in Thessalonians. Hey, you're a suffering person, suffering because of my name, suffering because of Jesus. It's worth it because Jesus is your intercessor. Jesus died for your sins and Jesus rose again and he's coming back. Jesus said in John 14, as we already said earlier, I'm the way, the truth. No one comes to the Father except to me. And then he says what? I said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I'm going to, that means I'm coming back. Oh, there's a song that we're singing that just left my mind. I was singing it earlier, but it left my mind now. But oh, what a wonderful day it will be when we will be with our Jesus. Revelation chapter 22. And there's all kinds of things and thoughts lots of time about Revelation, especially in chapter 22. But in the end, that we can understand one thing. Of course, Revelation says the victory is won. Jesus is Lord above all. The throne room scene in chapter 4 and chapter 5. But in the end of Revelation chapter 22, verses 20, 21, what's it says? Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Maranatha. Maranatha. Come, Jesus. With all the things that are going on, come, Jesus. Amen. Come, Jesus. He's coming take his own he's coming to call us to eternal life he's coming to take us to that home that he's prepared for us are we ready are you ready for that day when jesus comes back to go with him because if you do accept jesus as your savior if you do have faith in him if you do as the word of god says and tim said in first peter chapter four not tim but the bible but tim said preaching right All of us who are baptized in the Christ Jesus will be saved. This water symbolizes baptism. That now saves you. Not the washing off of a dirty body, but faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Boy, isn't it great and beautiful to think of the imagery that God's given us? He says in Romans chapter 6, when you're baptized, you die to yourself, you're buried, and then you are raised to newness of life. And in that newness of life, who do you have with you? You have Jesus. You have Jesus who's going to appear for you in God's presence. You have Jesus who has done away with the sins of this world by his sacrifice. And you have Jesus to wait on who's bringing the salvation that we're all waiting for in that last day to go with him to eternity. So, with all of that great information, what should we do? You can go to the next slide. (laughs) We should go to the next slide, okay? What are we to do? In the meantime, having these great promises and knowing these things, what are we to do in the meantime? Jesus will go on, Jesus, the Hebrew writer will go on talking about different things in Hebrews chapter 9, talking about the copies of things and talking about the priests. But then when he gets here to chapter 10 and looking at the word of God here together, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, as we look here together. Well, let's go start in verse 19, chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence in to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, heaven itself, where he's there to appear for us. By a new and living way and opened us to the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. First thing, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Let us draw near to him because we understand for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. Let us go with him. We love because God first loved us. First John chapter 5 says. First John chapter 4 says. We love because he first loved us. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. James says come near to God and he will come near to you. Leave the devil. Come near to God and the devil will flee from you. You want the devil a long way from you? Come near to God with a sincere heart. Not only that, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 23, continues saying in this verse here, Hebrews 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Jesus is coming back. I have a heavenly home, and that's where I want to go, and that's where I want to be for eternity. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. But not only that, when he goes on and says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us encourage and spur one another on to good deeds, as it said. You can hit it again because it did it twice on there. It's okay. Okay, yeah. Let us consider how to spur one another on. Hebrews ten twenty-four. You know what? Thinking about spur, uh, I know that Ben and Tim and some of them met Jay, you know, in Brazil, he's a preacher in Louisiana in De Ritter. But when he gets to this verse, I think it's, he says, you know what, brothers and sisters, let us consider how to spur one another on. He says, you know what it is about a spur? What do you do with that when a horse, you, what do you do? He said, I got a lot of brothers and sisters. I want to spur on to do some good things. You know, what's that means? Let's exhort. Let's get them going. Right. You, you want to get that horse to going? I, I, I'm not like a professional or anything. So, you know that. But. Hit that thing, and he's going to go, right? Spur. Who's ready to be spurred tonight? Nobody, right? <laughs> but God says, let us spur one another on. Let's help lift each other up, amen? To want to do, to want to continue following this Christ, and don't leave this God that we have. Hebrews chapter 1 says, how can we ignore such a great salvation? The Hebrew is saying, look what Jesus is, and look what he's done. Don't be like those people in the time of Moses who afterwards forgot. Don't be like those people in the time of Jesus who saw the miracles and then forgot. And don't be those people who look at the gospel and see what Jesus can do in your life and then say, I don't want it anymore. Be people who says, no, I want to I want to spur one another on to good deeds. But not only that, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, let us not give up meeting meeting together as some in their habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us encourage one another as the day approaches, amen. You know what I can see in all of these verses here? The Hebrew writer is saying, let us, let us, let us, let us. We can never take for granted the blessing that we have of a church family, of brothers and sisters who in Christ Who are there to spur us on to to good deeds. Brothers and sisters in Christ to help us to continue with the hope that we have in our Christ, in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Hebrew writers, including himself, when he says, Let us, let us, let us. Let's do it together. Let's go to heaven. Let's carry each other's burdens. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's take the message, the gospel to others around us. We want them to have that opportunity as well. When we see the people in our our family or wherever it is, friends or whatever, wherever they are. We want to tell them about this Jesus we have. We want to tell them about the joy that we have in him. We want it to be so evident that they're going to ask, why is it that you go and serve this Jesus as you do? Why is it that you do and give your time to serve him? Give money, give whatever it is that you have, your talents, to serve this Jesus. Because we believe that he died for our sins. We believe that he is Lord. We believe he is Christ. And we believe he is Savior. One more passage for us this evening. In Hebrews chapter 1. Why is it so important for us to look at God's word? Why is it so important to listen to Jesus? Verse 1 says this, in verse 1 through five, 4. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets all, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him also he made the universe. God of gods, king of kings, and Lord of lords. God spoke in different ways in these last days. He spoke through Jesus. We have his word. We have his spirit that he had given us, he said, that would teach us us in all things. We have a Jesus who said while he was here, when Thomas said, show us the Father, and that'll be enough. Jesus already said, haven't done enough? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For the words I say are not my own, but my Father who sent me. So God's words, the the words of our God the Father, are the same words as God the Son, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus. And the words that he left to us through the Holy Spirit, as he says, he will send the Holy Spirit and he will teach you all things that I have told him to are all in agreement. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want us to look to this word here. They want us to be, the conv- Holy Spirit wants us to convict us of what sin is. And we're convicted when we read the Word of God and what it is. But the Holy Spirit and God's Word, God the Father and Jesus, sent His Word to say, you know what, there's a solution for sin. And it's my Son, Jesus Christ, who gave His life. So as an atoning sacrifice for you to have the opportunity to be in the presence of God. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. So for us tonight, Don't forget. Don't give up. On that day and every day, as it says here, as we said earlier, Jesus appears for us, for you, in God's presence. Jesus did away with sin by his sacrifice. And Jesus is bringing salvation to those who wait on him. I pray tonight that you're waiting on him. And that we may continue to spur one another on to good works and deeds. And to bring others into his fold so that they also may give praise to God on that day. Just as it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, those who heap use against us, 1 Peter chapter 4, one day will glorify God as well. Amen? To think of it. God, those who are doing me wrong, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So let us teach them. Let us tell them what God says about his love, about sin, about the solution for his sin. In Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters. We're going to sing a song here in just a moment. And we're going to sing to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And our God and Father. Who's in heaven. If you have any need this evening. We want to pray for you. If this night. You've not yet given your life to the Lord. As that day is approaching. There is as we sing many times. A great day coming. A great day coming. But that great day is coming. And for all those who in the Lord. It's going to be a glorious day. For those who are not, it's not going to be so glorious. But I know one thing. On that day, every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. But it's going to depend on what you do today, where you will be for eternity. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Obey his word and live in eternity with him. This Jesus needs to be magnified. Let's stand and sing at this moment as we sing to each other.
1: We hope, by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D F I E L -D 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 D. C O C dot O R G or you can email at D-Field C O C seven seven nine at AOL dot com or you can call us at nine zero three six four five two eight nine six. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at eight one eight. West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Her meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.